In 2012, Daniel Pink published a book called To Sell is Human, and in it he explained that we're all salespeople these days. Whether we're in sales or not, all of us need to persuade or convince people of things on a daily basis. Now that might mean trying to convince a big client to purchase a service or a product you've been trying to sell him, or it could be something as simple as just trying to get your three-year-old to put on her shoes so you can leave to get her to school on time. He makes the case that it's all the same thing, and in his book, he calls it moving people. He goes on to explain how sales have fundamentally changed just in the last 20 years, and today I'm going to explain how all of that fits into the marketing pillars we've been discussing. Stick around, because in this episode, we're going to bring it all together with pillar number five, opportunities. There's an old saying that goes something like this, you'll only find three kinds of people in the world, those who see those who can see when shown, and those who will never see. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for everyone in the middle. Welcome back. I want to thank you again for tuning in. My name is Chip Close. And this is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast dedicated entirely to chefs, restaurant owners, and marketing professionals out there working in the hospitality industry. We are finishing up a five-episode arc where we've been discussing something that I like to call the five pillars of marketing. Those five pillars are identity, audience, competition, differentiation, and today's episode, opportunities. This is a version of an exercise I like to do whenever I bring on a new client. It just helps us better understand the product we're offering and the kind of audience we're trying to serve. It's about giving you a strong foundation to stand upon as we move forward into the rest of our work. I'll take this opportunity to invite you, as I do every episode, to become a subscriber to the podcast. If you feel so inclined, please go ahead and leave us a review. The more five-star ratings we get, the more it helps boost our visibility, which just means we can reach more people, and eventually in time, we can start to broaden this discussion. So, as Daniel Pink suggests in his book, all of us are in sales, and I tend to agree with him. All of us, at some point, will need to persuade someone to do something they're unsure about. But let's take a step back. Rather than think about it in terms of sales or selling, let's think about it in terms of moving people. That's the term that Daniel Pink uses in his book. We're moving people from uncertainty to certainty. We're moving them from a place where they know virtually nothing about you or your brand to a place where they're familiar with your brand. We're moving them from not being a customer to being a customer. Salesmen have uh, gotten a bad rap over the years, I think because we all have that image in our head of a slick, slimy car salesman, right? This, this imbalanced transaction where they know everything, you know nothing, and they're trying to separate you from your money. But in a lot of ways, that was the old model. In fact, the entire car industry has been upended because information is now so readily available. Makes, models, features, and yes, even pricing, all of that is available at your fingertips. You can see exactly what competitors are offering for the same product just by opening up your smartphone. So these days, when information is so readily available, the job of selling changes, right? It's no longer about um, 
about leveraging your knowledge against the customer's lack of knowledge. Now it's about matching the customer to the product, about finding the perfect fit for the customer. So with cars, it's about finding the right car at the right price for the right customer. With restaurants, it's kind of the same thing. It's about finding the right restaurant for the right customer at the right time. It's about matching your experience to the experience that the diner is looking for. Luckily, there are 8 billion people on the planet and we just need a handful of them every night to make your business profitable. So as Daniel Pink in his brilliant book, which I highly recommend, as he suggests, the entire transaction is changing. In fact, as technology goes up and becomes a larger piece of our lives, he makes the case that you can only win by being human. It's about who can be the most human in their sales efforts, which I hope we'd agree is good news because all of us hopefully know a thing or two about being human. This podcast is a passion project for me because in my experience, I've found that most small business owners, especially restaurant owners, they're not taking the time to learn this stuff. And so they're certainly not putting this stuff into practice. But as the markets become ever more saturated, I think we have to think about the kind of product we're offering and who it's for. Our industry is one of the few businesses out there where you hear about people just opening a restaurant because they want to. And I understand that because, because it's also an art as well, right? Um, it's probably the reason that I love this industry so much that it's that intersection of, of art and commerce. But that doesn't mean you can get away with not answering these questions, right? These five marketing pillars have to be considered. They have to be articulated. So again, this is the final installment of a five-episode arc where we're talking all about these five marketing pillars. And I want to take a few minutes just to do a, a quick refresher just to bring us all up to speed, right? So in the first of these episodes, we started with uh, identity uh, because I believe you have to understand um, what you're serving, the, the kind of experience you're offering. Uh, when we were uh, going through this, I invited you to consider six different areas. Number one was level of dining. Uh, are you fine dining? Are you a family restaurant? Are you casual? Are you a, a quick service restaurant? I asked you to think about cuisine. Um, what kind of food are you serving? Is it American? Is it pub food? Is it French? Is it Mexican? Is it Japanese? I asked you to consider location. Where are you? Um, literally the city, the neighborhood, the area, the block, the shopping center. Are you off a highway? Are you, uh, are you in a well-trafficked area? Are you on a side street? Um, I asked you to think about the people of your restaurant. So the personalities that go into making your restaurant what it is, uh, the owners, the chef, the, the staff, the, the, the crowd, the audience, the, the people you're serving. I asked you to think about the brand experience. I used the example of Carmine's in New York City. It's an Italian restaurant right in the heart of Times Square, and it's a huge restaurant. It serves hundreds of people at a time. Uh, there are no menus to hold. Uh, all the food is listed on a blackboard on the wall. Um, you order uh, family style, so the portions are huge. They get served to the center of the table, and it's this whole communal style of dining. You have to go with, with a large party because otherwise it's way too much food. Um, it's a certain experience that they've crafted. Uh, your uh, restaurant doesn't need to be uh, so outlandish as that, but I want you to think about the brand experience. What's the experience uh, of dining at your restaurant? What, what's, what sets it apart? What makes it unique? Uh, and then finally, when we talked about identity, I asked you to consider positioning. So positioning is something that marketers do where they take a new idea, something that the consumer doesn't know, and we put it next to an idea that they already know. So the example I used uh, was uh, one that Seth Godin uses in his marketing seminar. I said, 
Duke is the Yale of the South. Tesla is an electric Mercedes. So when Elon Musk was uh, launching Tesla, he wanted people to know that it was a luxury car. So he positioned it next to the Mercedes. But then how is it different? Well, this car is electric. There are all kinds of ways that we can um, use to, uh, to come up with the identity of our restaurant. These are just six and it's a start, but you have to be able to articulate exactly what it is you're serving. The second pillar we discussed was audience, and this is where we identify who we're trying to serve. In here, uh, in this uh, episode, I broke it down into five key areas. We started talking about demographics, which are the details um, like uh, age, gender, income, marital status. Um, I invite you to uh, consider geography, uh, where your people live, uh, what city, uh, do they live in the city or the suburb, do they drive to get to you, uh, do they take the subway, a boat, a plane, um, do they rent or do they own, do they live, do they live in an apartment or a house, um, all of these go into uh, giving you a better sense of, uh, of knowing who your audience is. That led us into behavior. What are the behaviors of your target audience? Meaning, where else do they spend their discretionary income? Where else do they go out to dine? Then we talked about the psychographics, which I said is my favorite. It is my favorite. This is where we get into the minds of your target audience. We think about their likes and their dislikes, their fears, their ambitions. And then finally, I invited you to consider the pain points. What does your audience all have in common? What are their problems? And then how can you solve their problems? So when we talk about the audience, we can identify them in a variety of ways. Demographics, geography, behavior, psychographics, and their pain points. Next, we talked about competition. That was pillar number three. And this is how we identify who else out there, what other businesses are serving our target audience. So when we talk about competition, I invited you to consider five areas again. Location, so who's in your city, who's in your neighborhood, your area, who's on your block, who's in your general vicinity. Uh, I asked you to think about style. Again, this is the, the level of dining. Uh, if you're a fine dining restaurant, you'll want to identify other fine dining restaurants in your city. Um, we were talking about cuisine. So again, uh, if you serve French food, uh, you'll want to know what other French restaurants are in city. Uh, when we talk about uh, price, um, Often level of dining will help us identify uh, the price, but not always. I use the example of a couple of fine dining restaurants in New York City right in Columbus Circle. So Jean-Georges is a French restaurant uh, right at uh, Columbus Circle. The four-course prefix is about $160 per person. And I use the example of uh, across the street, uh, there's a restaurant called Masa. It's a Japanese. It's an uh, omakase uh, sushi restaurant. And uh, dinner there starts at $600. So even though they're both fine dining, they're both uh, exclusive and luxury uh, experiences, their prices are wildly different. And so that's going to um, that's going to be part of the consideration. And then finally, vibe. I invited you to think about other restaurants that have the same vibe. They might have totally different uh, cuisines than you, different price points. They might be in a different neighborhood. But what uh, where's your, what are your competition based on just the vibe of the place? Uh, finally, uh, pillar number four, this is what we talked about last episode, it was differentiation. And this is how we start separating yourselves from the competitors that we identified. Uh, in the assignment, I invited you to, number one, uh, write me up a short bio of your place. So your restaurant, the, um, the chef, the owner, the, the neighborhood, the kind of food you serve, um, just so you can get a sense of, uh, of what you're doing. Uh, and then finally, I asked you to pull out 10 stories that only you can tell. And these are the differentiation points. This is how we start to separate ourselves in the eye of the consumer. This is how we uh, communicate to them how we're different. 
So all of that leads us finally to pillar number five, which I call opportunities. I hope you're seeing where we're going with all this. I hope you're seeing the benefit of doing these exercises, um, why it's important that we, that we get clear about this information. The biggest companies in the world have answers to all of these questions, so why shouldn't we do the same? Seth Godin always says that the who and the what in the marketing equation should never change, but the how is going to change all the time, right? The how are the opportunities. The fifth pillar is about identifying all the ways, all the potential ways that we can reach our audience. And there are a variety of ways that we can communicate what we are, the kind of experience we're crafting and who we're serving. So opportunities to communicate to our audience fall into, I think, two main categories. Number one are internal and number two are external. So internal opportunities, opportunities that we have to communicate who we are, are things like decor, music, the menu, the pricing, the kind of food we serve, the cuisine, the presentation of the food, the service style, and of course, the overall dining experience. These are all ways that we communicate to customers and to potential customers about what kind of experience we have, about what kind of restaurant this is. Then the external communication opportunities, right, are things like signage, brochures, business cards, your website, the various social media channels, the paid advertising you try to go for, and then the press, right? What kind of stories are being written about you? Where are they appearing? What do they say about you? This is the fifth pillar, is understanding how everything you do communicate something to your potential audience. So once you understand those first four pillars, then you can articulate your fifth pillar. So again, what's your product? That's the identity. Who are you trying to serve? That's your audience. Your competition is the third pillar, figuring out who else is trying to serve your same audience, who else is trying to uh, solve the same problems that your audience has. Uh, differentiation, the fourth pillar was about separating yourself from the competition, really articulating the ways in which you're different. And then finally, opportunities are what are all the opportunities available to us to communicate all of those things to our potential audience. From there, once you have all of that anchored down, then we can move out of the harbor. This is all about just getting straight, getting clear about the kind of product we have so that we can move out and figure out ways to, to bring people in. This is the harbor, right? It's about this safe area where we're just identifying who we are. Then we go out into the port. Starting next week, the next episode is all about building a marketing strategy. And this is where things get really good. This is where we start getting into tactics and, and all the different ways that we can reach an audience. Here's the secret. The entire rest of this podcast is going to be all about identifying different tactics and different ways to find people and to, to bring in more business. But we can't do that until we have the answers to these questions. So I hope you've enjoyed this five episode arc. Um, this week's assignment is going to be very simple. I want you to identify uh, those internal and external opportunities, all the opportunities available to you to communicate something to your potential audience. Uh, again, you can use mine. They are 
the internal ones were decor, music, menu, pricing, your service, your your dining experience, the presentation of the food, the, the cuisine. And then the external ones were things like uh, business cards and brochures, uh, the signage, the how the exterior of your place looks, uh, the social media channels. Um, do you do you go after paid advertising? What do you do? What does it look like? Uh, and what kind of press do you do you target? Um, that's all I want you to do. I want you to figure out all the opportunities that may be available to you. Then moving forward, we're going to talk about how to build a marketing strategy, and we're going to talk about all the different tactics we can employ to start bringing in new audience or to retain new audience or, or to discover new ways to build downtime business. But that's next week. I hope, you're, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, I appreciate you being here. Uh, finally, I'm going to leave you with uh, The Continuing Education, which uh, is Daniel Pink's book, To Sell is Human. Uh, it's a sales book that does not read like a sales book. It's, it's more like a, a sociology book. It's, it's very, very interesting. Uh, it's a pop science book. It's, uh, it's a quick read. You'll read it over the course of a weekend, um, and it's, uh, it's well worth the, the time. Um, as always, I want to thank you for being here. If you feel so inclined, please subscribe. Please leave a review. Please uh, please rate the, the podcast. The five-star ratings just help us uh, boost up in our standings. Uh, my name is Chip Close. This is Restaurant Strategy. We look forward to having you back next week.